My name is Christina Glass. I'm an investigative reporter in Lake City, Colorado, and I've been working at KINH for about four years. You may remember my reports on the Black Forest haunting and subsequent follow-up interview and investigations with the Lee family. Now, today we have a new story on our hands that started as an investigation on the mind's effect on memories. It's turned into, well, a story about a town. One town. Cape Lock. It's a small valley community in Colorado, just off the I-80 heading east. There's one come-and-go gas station, two small motels just off the side, and seven or eight townhouses that are all gray with white picket fencing, luscious green lawns, and pristine cars from another time. They're all spread wide apart, hidden in the valley and surrounded by the mountains that are constantly covered in snow. That's the main image of what the town looks like, according to all of our interviews. We don't have any pictures or records of the town, only memories. That's what makes this town worth reporting on. Cape Lock exists as a string of testimonies and recounted stories of those who were fortunate, or unfortunate enough, to visit it. It's been popping in and out of existence all around the United States in many different areas that, at first, seem to have nothing in common— and that's what we're here to find out. Throughout my investigation, I am joined by Andy Richter, a colleague from Regis University. He is a neuropsychologist and neurologist working at Regis. Now that the campus is closed for the winter, he decided to join me in this story. The first person we talked to was Eddie Myers. I'm glad you've come to talk to me. There's no problem. We thank you for contacting us. Eddie lives in a rather small house by Slaughterhouse Gulch. There's nothing around there but sand that stretches for acres. All of it is his land. He owns the off-highway vehicle dunes. Recently, we've had a huge storm cover everything in a blanket of snow. Many businesses had to close because of this, including his. You know, a lot of this land was mining land. The whole place was booming in the mining industry. The only thing we never had were brothels. You know... Whorehouses. As much as we were a boomtown, we never really dipped into that for business. It was mainly popular for boomtowns to flourish in that sense, but Lake City never has. He gave us a bit of a history lesson before we went inside to protect us from the cold. He handed us cookies and he occasionally sipped from his cup of coffee. Did you want to tell us about the memory problems you've been having? Right. Well, I was a... 18... I suppose so. It was maybe 25 years ago. We had some problems, and my mother and I... You see, I I was with my girlfriend. No, wait. She was my wife. Adriana. May she rest in peace. Anyway, we lived in western Nevada, a small desert-type deal just outside Reno. After a fight with my mother, I ran away from home. Adriana came with me because she was the main driver of our car. In which direction were you traveling? Uh, We drove east towards Colorado, but we had a stop in Salt Lake City in Utah. For those unfamiliar with the United States geography, Utah sits in between Nevada and Colorado. While we were there, I went to the payphone and called my buddy Reese from the mill. He said Mom was all right, just worried sick. He reassured me by telling me that she would be relieved to hear that I even called. I told him I would come back home, just didn't know when. I needed to clear my head a bit. 
Does your colleague Reese have any information on the town? No. This is the first time I've talked about it to anyone that wasn't my family. Just tell us if there's anything you need. Take your time. Sometimes it takes time for memories to form. Thank you. Um, well... I guess we'll just get right into the meat and potatoes. There was no real fanfare that we were arriving at the town. We were just running low on gas, starving for some burgers. Next thing you know, we found a small town off the I-80 East. And what was in that town? Any specific landmarks? No. Nothing out of the ordinary. Just a little small town. It was hidden by the mountainside. I'm surprised we even found it. To be frank, it reminds me a lot of Lake City. Lake City, Colorado is a very empty town. However, thanks to Eddie's OHV business, it's become a pretty great place for tourists. Even so, the sandy dunes outside remain ghost quiet. We had a few restaurants, a city hall, a library, and a local park, most of which are trapped in the snow. There was only one gas station, a come and go. Someone helped pump the gas there. Did you get his name? No, I only met one person there. One I actually talked to, anyway. Don't worry, I'll get there. It's not good to rush everything. Anyway, after the nice gentleman helped pump the gas, we went down to get a burger at a local diner. Not like the Denny's here, just a regular old American mom-and-pop diner. And what time was it when you arrived there? Oh, around dinner time. So the sun was beginning to set. We had them burgers for dinner. I think the place was named after the town, Cape Lock Diner. That much I remember. Oh, their blue cheeseburger was amazing. Best goddamn burger I've ever had, to be quite honest. So you said you've been having memory troubles. That's correct? Oh, right. Well, this is just how I see it, right? I get to this town, and I called Reese again from the payphone by the diner. The waitress, by the way, was the only person I met and talked to. I didn't quite get her name, however. At this point, Andy and I were confused. We had thought this interview was going to consist of common things, like forgetting what you had for breakfast or calling the same person twice. To be honest, we thought that this whole story would quickly turn into a discussion of dementia or Alzheimer's or some other medical issue. Instead, we were introduced to this man's story of a town he visited once. And what did you tell Reese? What did he say about the whole situation? Right. The whole thing was strange. Let me preface this by saying I was probably in no harm but I felt threatened the whole time as though someone was holding a gun to my head. I tried to call Reese, but the phone didn't have a slot for coins. What was even stranger was that when I picked up the receiver, it had no weight to it and and no dial tone or anything. It was like a movie prop or a toy or something. I know what you must be thinking. How strange of a thing to be threatened by. But when I went back to the car, I talked to Adriana. She said we needed to go home as soon as we could. She also felt as though she wasn't safe in that town. It took us a few hours, but we made it back home. Look, I know you two are scientists, and 
You won't believe a possibly senile man. We never brought that up. But you wanted an honest answer. So here's what I saw and here's what I felt. That's just what I remember. He had told himself the story over and over again in his head. He couldn't share it with anyone else, so years and years of repeating the memory like a broken record probably formed his understanding of it now. It became his reality. Thank you for your time. Seriously. Thank you for talking with me. I hope you find Kate Block. I sure haven't. What do you mean? Well, it doesn't exist. I've looked at maps and searched the internet to the best of my abilities. I've also once talked to a few cowboys coming in from Utah, but still no word of Cape Lock. I asked for different spellings, maybe different words that sounded the same, but nothing. All I had from there were a few memories best burger I've ever had. <laughs> so it was all just in your mind? No. I went to Cape Lock. But Cape Lock left after I did. It was there only for a split second. And every time we tried to visit, we would find nothing. Not even the frame of a house or any paved roads by the diner. None of it. Whole town was gone. A disappearing town. It was odd, but maybe he took a few wrong turns. Perhaps the town looked different now. The story was set in the early 2000s. What did the town look like today? It was best that we continue the investigation as though the town was still standing. We talked to one more person that day about their experiences with memories and dreams. This is Andy Richter with Michael Andrews. I'm with Christina Glass. We're investigating Michael's reports of a recurring nightmare. Thank you for coming, by the way. This does mean a lot. No problem. Um, so before we get into the dream, do you mind telling us your nightly routine? Sure. I'm usually watching a live stream on Twitch, either browsing around or just watching an older VOD. I don't really watch them. I'm usually just scrolling through Instagram or something with a noise in the background. This is almost every night? Yeah, pretty much. I did the same thing when I had a nightmare, too. Did you eat anything strange? Chrissy, you, you don't get nightmares from the food you eat. That's been debunked. Still, might be important. I didn't eat anything out of the ordinary, just some cereal. Then you went to bed? Yeah, then I slept, and I woke up in a town. Woke up? You mean, in the dream you woke up? Well, it didn't feel too much like a dream. It felt like I was actually waking up. Where were you when you woke up? In the middle of the street, just there. It was around noon, and I just got up and started looking around. Was there anyone else in the town? Interestingly enough, I saw a whole plethora of people, but I didn't know any of them. They were mainly Asian women, very few men. Some children were there as well. The men were white, and a few of the kids were as well. Y you didn't know any of them? Well, I think I saw old lady Susan, but she was working in the diner, I think, and Officer Marsh, he was there, just kind of walking around with one of the women. There was also my friend Jeremy from my math class. He was working the gas pump. He used to work on one before moving here. Well, your mind only records faces it's seen. It can't create new faces in a dream. Yeah, I guess so, but everyone else? I know that it wasn't just a dream. What do you mean by that? I've been to this town before. It's where Jeremy grew up. But I don't even remember seeing Officer Marsh there when I visited the town. And what town was this? Cape Lock. 
Jeremy and I went together one day, but the whole time I was there is what I wanted to talk to you about. What is it? I don't remember anything about the town, but every now and then I get dreams. They're more like nightmares about the town, really. I'm not sure if these are actually memories or just dreams. How long ago did you visit this town? It must have been less than a year ago. Maybe the beginning of summer? I'm not sure. It was super hot and all, but we were in Arizona. Cape Lock was in Arizona, you said? Yeah, pretty far away, and I haven't really thought about it since. At first, we didn't see any connection to these two interviews, besides the fact that the two people we interviewed were having problems with their memories. But the more we talked to them, the better of an understanding we had. These two towns, the one Eddie visited 20 years ago and the town that Michael visited less than a year ago, they were one and the same. The only difference was the state it was in. We knew that one of the two stories told that day had to be wrong. Andy and I talked privately on our car ride back home. So, K-Block, it could just be a coincidence, right? I mean, at first I thought it was just that, but... Now, the more I think about it, I mean, who knows? Maybe there's some kind of shared delusion or something. You're the brains here. Has Eddie talked to Michael at all? I doubt it. Michael's 20 years younger than him. They wouldn't have much to talk about either. Still, they could have talked about it before we even asked them about it. And even then, a shared delusion wouldn't be that plausible. To be honest, it's all a bit... theatrical. But knowing you, that's not very out of your character. I'm sure it's something. It can be explained somehow, right? He said he hadn't told anyone else about it before us, so I doubt he talked about it to Michael, of all people. What can I say? This is all just too strange. You're right. Besides, we have a list of people in this dream. If we find out that somehow they've been to that town too, then maybe... Maybe I'll believe that this is more than just a coincidence. Maybe. So you haven't really changed since college, huh? I'm still working there. I don't think many things do change. Well, um, if you want, once we're done working, maybe we can get something to... What the fuck was that? God damn it! Oh, we're snowed in! Fuck! Help me shovel some snow out of the way. The tire was covered in snow, filling the gap between the frame and the rubber. Andy called emergency services, but they said that the snow was too dangerous. An alert had gone out on the radio, but we'd missed it. However, the accident didn't stop the investigation. As Andy and I walked back to our hotel room just off the highway, we did some research online to see if anyone else had heard of this town. It turned out many other people had the same idea. On a few subreddits, specifically Glitch in the Matrix, Paranormal, and Unexplained, a few people recounted their stories of the town. Here is Reddit user Floppyhouse's story that he posted on the Paranormal subreddit. Has anyone heard of Cape Lock? Just stopped from a road trip after passing by a weird, almost empty town. There's almost no one there. Just a few people. They were all crazy, to be honest, and looked at us like they've never seen a human before. After we left, we tried to look for it online, but nothing came up. Anyone else found this weird? Reddit user Rasmataz. When we stopped for the night, we had to find a new place to stay. The hotels were all booked, 
I don't think that's even allowed. I'm sure there are laws against that or something. We tried leaving a negative review on Yelp, but we couldn't find it. Reddit user Tactical40k There was no money. None of it. I tried to pay for my breakfast, but they didn't let me. Reddit user Columbarium I've checked everywhere in California. There's nothing. The paranormal subreddit They're not human. They can't be. Ask Reddit I think my grandma lives there. The unsolved mystery subreddit no one came to a consensus on where this town was, but we do know a few things from all of these accounts. This is all that we know of Cape Lock currently. First, we know the size of this town. On many posts, people claim to see large houses with larger lawns, no matter where they were in the town. All of the houses were painted gray, with white outlines along the windows. This is where many people lived, yet no one has been seen entering or exiting the town. The downtown area was empty, save for a few workers. A lot of tourists and people in cars driving through, but no one seemed to live there in the town, despite the large houses not too far away from the bustling commerce at the base of the mountains. There were two motels, one named the Cape Lock Inn and the other named the Blue Jay Motel. Both were small, but the rooms were always booked on every occasion. The gas station, a come-and-go, was not a self-serve gas station as many places are. The only states that allow any assisted workers in gas stations are Oregon, New Jersey, and New York, which brings us to what we don't know, the setting of the town. Many posts have Utah, Oregon, North Dakota, and North Carolina to be the main contenders for this town. However, the comment section of each post shows a strange, almost nonsensical array across all 50 states, including Alaska, yet excluding New York and California. Andy and I began to rest as the sun outside turned the sky into a deep purple. We collected what we knew and began to speculate on why so many people remember a town that seems to not even exist. We had our list of people Michael gave us. We had old lady Susan, who lived just around the corner from the Denny's that she works in. She was the first person we talked to that morning. Hello? Susan Neal? Well, hello there. How may I help you two? I'm Andy Richter. This is my partner, Christy Glass. Christina Glass. Nice to meet you, ma'am. Well, hi there. I was just about to get ready for work. Is something the matter here? You got a whole recording studio set up here. We wanted to ask you a few questions regarding some strange occurrences in the town. Oh, I haven't done anything strange in the town, have I? That's why we're here. We just want to ask a few questions. Oh, don't worry. You're not in any legal trouble. It, this is just a scientific investigation. Sure, I can answer some questions. They'll have to be quick, though. Well, I guess I should ask this rather bluntly. Have you ever visited Cape Lock? It's a small town here in Colorado. Cape Lock? Here? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I've been to Cape Lock, dear. But it wasn't in Colorado. The stories online were beginning to match up with our personal interviews in Lake City, solidifying what we knew, yet still growing a weight of unknowingness to the whole investigation. It was in Ohio. I used to live in Ohio, and I grew up just north of Cape Lock. Can you tell us why you visited the town? Oh, it was just a wrong turn. We drove through it, but there was just no one there. Not one person. No one? 
As an abandoned? Yes, an absolute ghost of a town. But it looked oh so brand new. What about it seemed new to you? The houses. There were these nice houses, all with nice picket fences and farm-like fields. It was odd to see such nice houses so empty. Do you remember any other landmarks? Oh, well, no, not really. What is this all for again? We're investigating some leads on people having trouble with memories. You're saying I'm having problems with memories? No, not at all. You were just brought up and... Listening to rumors now? (laughs) I thought you were a reliable source. I don't know what any of this is about, but you've really struck a nasty chord in my heart. I've got to go to work now. But ma'am, you... I don't want to be a part of any of this. We thought that maybe she had also been dealing with memory problems, but was insecure or defensive. Realistically, if she had been having problems with memory or cognition, she probably wouldn't have been working as a waitress. Still, we saw her get into her car and make her way just two blocks down and mosey over to the practically empty Denny's, the sign barely legible from the falling ice. As we walked around Lake City, snow crunching beneath our feet, Andy decided that we should knock out the rest of the list. We talked a bit on our way to find Fred, the police officer. I really do miss the car. We'll be getting it soon. Maybe we can ask Fred for a few shovels and we can dig it out of there. I'm sorry, who's Fred? Oh, Officer Marsh. I'm sorry, we're we're all kind of on a first-name basis. Do you think that old lady's dealing with memory problems? No, I think she's just not in the mood to be questioned. I, I think we were kind of in her face about it. Come on, you can't think this is just a little weird. Are you suggesting a weird conspiracy about this town? Towns have the same names all the time. Maybe she did see a Cape Lock, you know? She didn't say exactly when she visited the town, did she? No, I don't think so. For all we know, the town looks completely different now, you know? That's the thing that's been bothering me. Even if we find it, how do we know we did? (laughs) Well, that's the whole gamble with this investigation. I mean... Wasn't this supposed to be a whole special about trying to find out more about the human mind and its capabilities? To be honest, that was just an excuse I gave the college so I could come record this with you. (laughs) Well, I enjoyed the company, especially in this god-awful snow. We made our way to Officer Fred Marsh's home. He often hosted a 4th of July barbecue and other community events. There was a child playing in the yard. His frightened mother, grasping at her cardigan by the doorway, called him to come back inside. Hi there. Uh, sorry to bother you. Is Fred Marsh home? Oh, hello there. On whose behalf? I'm Andy Richter from the College of Neuropsychology. We were wondering if we could talk to Fred. Oh, he's at work. Can I ask what it is you're asking for? We're investigating some claims that a few of the community members made. We have reason to believe he has some information for us. Okay. I'll just let him know before you head over there. And what's with all the recording stuff? Christina hosts a podcast with KINH. Oh, you're the radio host. It's a pleasure to meet you. You came to a few of the get-togethers we've had here, right? Yeah, it, it's been forever. That's wonderful. You've grown so much. It's been, oh, what, two years? Four, actually. We'd better get going. Did you move here recently? What brings you to town? We're working on an investigation. I hope you don't mind, but we really should be getting back to work. Of course. Oh, I'm so sorry. 
good luck, and please stay safe out in this horrible weather. Will do. Uh, thanks for your time. You, you take care now. We walk to the police department to try and contact Fred. He's currently out in the field. You can wait for him later today, but I can't assure an interview. But it was difficult to get in, so we decided to come back later and instead go to our next person on the list, a certain Jeremy that was in Michael's math class. Michael's not answering his phone. Oh my god, Christina, look! But when we arrived at his house, there were first responders and police officers scattered all around the front yard. Hey, there's Fred! Uh, Excuse me? Officer Marsh. Hey, what's going on? Christina, I need you to please leave. Was it Jeremy? I can't release that information. We need to talk to you about something. Can we ask you some questions? We have reason to believe he has something to do with an investigation we're having. Is he perhaps wounded? It could have been on purpose. Look, I'll come to the radio station after all of this. Understood? We're still investigating. He was in a rush, but it looked like he had some understanding of what we were talking about, but I couldn't quite tell. It wasn't until I saw them taking out the body on a small gurney. The drops of blood began to fall down the boy's fingers and onto the snow, scattering a deep red across the plain of white. so young. Do you really think this might have something to do with the investigation? I was hoping it would interest him enough to talk to us about it. That's kind of odd, don't you think? It just seems a little extreme. Yeah, I know. I, Sorry. I mean, a, a kid lost his life today. Fuck. Once we got back to the radio station, we began to edit this episode of KINH off the map. Andy decided to try and contact Susan for further questioning, but she postponed any meeting until further notice. I called Michael. Uh, how's he holding up? He's not taking it too well. Here, I got us some Subway for lunch. Thanks. And it was stupid of me to even connect the two. Surprisingly, Officer Marsh met up with us just half an hour after we saw him out in the field. Let's sit down. My wife told me about what you wanted to ask me about. But before we do, I want you to take a look at this. It was a plastic bag with the word evidence printed on it in white lettering. Inside was a slip of paper with two words written on it in pencil. Cape Lock. We're going to need to talk. You two know more about these two words than the whole police force. And this death was no accident or suicide. How could you know... It's an unknown number. Don't pick it up. Pick it up, Christina. Hello? Who is this? This is uh, Christina Glass. Who is this? Is this Christina Glass? I'm sorry, I won't continue this conversation if you don't tell me who you are. I'm from Cape Lock. He's calling from Cape Lock? I'll answer any questions you have. Meet me 24 hours at the city park. Alone. Just you, Christina. 
Nighthawks presents Cape Lock, an audio podcast. Stay tuned for the next installment releasing next week. And hey, thanks for listening.